Hi everyone, welcome back to the Everyday Warrior Podcast. I'm Kelly, your host. I created this podcast to highlight the amazing features in the everyday person. I believe there's so much we can learn from each other, especially from those who are taking action towards a better life and future. It's also to document moments with the guests for their family and friends. I'll try and keep it to the following segments. The guests are those who have gone through or is going through life or business lessons that they can share with us, their mindset and perspective while going through these challenges and their tactics, which I will list down as action plans. Today, my special guest is Darren Toe. Darren was actually my first interview, but I messed up and he's kindly agreed to do it again. I wanted to get Darren on because he made the move from having a cushy and successful corporate life for eight years to becoming an entrepreneur setting up startups. Yep, you heard me right, not just one startup, but two. They are called Tiflon Technologies, which does, which does predictive analytics for commodities, prices, and Jugger, which is a peer-to-peer -peer stocks financing platform. To start with, perhaps you could tell us what made you make this leap, ditching the regular paycheck to running two startups. Well, I think the first thing is a lot of enthusiasm in the startup space. And then all this while, I guess, a lot of influence from my parents. So my parents run their own small little business where they make uh, carton boxes. And all this while I've been um, looking upon them, how they run their business. So ever since then, working in the corporate world for about eight years, then I decided to venture into this space. Um, it's very challenging because you know you need to go around convincing people, persuading people to have a second look at your idea. Um, but the reward that comes from ability to convince people, um, it's, I don't think you can find that in the corporate world. Yeah, so that keeps me going in this thing. How much of that transferred to you and inspired you along the journey? I think 30%. I, I definitely wouldn't say 100% because uh, I... Every, every quarter I do their GST, I do their tax annual returns and stuff and many, many times I see their business are not uh, doing relatively well. So I can't say that that really motivates me a lot. Uh, but it's their perseverance and their determination, even though I always question them, uh, why is it, why are the numbers not looking great? but you can see that they are consistently willing to push through and con continuously willing to just take the extra mile to just uh, go and service their clients. So that kind of stuff only happens in running your own business because in the corporate world, you are paid no matter at the end of the day whether the deliverables are met. So it's just very different because in the startup line, you have to be all constantly worried about are you going to get the next business? What are you going to do for the next product line? And that kind of stuff actually pushes your mental strength. Right. Yeah. In terms of the, the two startups that you've got, Jagger and Tiflon, how different are they? I would say they are both in the finance space. So let's start with Jagger. So Jagger is a collateralized P2P lending platform. And the first collateral that is being um, done on the platform is using equities, shares. Um, so basically what happens is that the pain that we are trying to solve is today if you go to the bank and you want to pledge your collateral, they will give you a standard financing rate. But we are going the extra mile into repricing the various type of shares collateral. 
So there is a different grade of financing if you have a Alibaba stock or if you have a IBM stock. Both are tech, but then both are in different space, but you have different pricing mechanism in how you determine the financing rate. So that's for Jaga. For Tiflon Technologies is the data analytics company. So I've been in the commodity space for the past eight years, and I think that data science has been very underserved in the commodity side. So I think that there's this huge gap where information are gonna be really translated into something executable for the commodity trader. Um, so that's where I try to push into this space. Yeah. Well, coming back to Jagger, how big do you think the market is going to be for, for this space? So in Singapore alone, the share financing market itself is at $500 billion. So just Singapore alone, and we all know Singapore is not like the most exciting space for equity investment, but um, the, it's, it's a 20-year-old product in the market for share financing. Um, so we are not so worried about uh, whether is there a market for it. We are more concerned about making sure that the execution is done properly, uh, partnering with the right people that is able to bring value onto the table. So execution will be the key thing for us. Yeah. How are you disrupting it? So we have a platform that actually matches the lenders and the borrowers. So for anybody who have existing equities in their portfolio, they can come onto the platform and pledge and to receive cash. And then there will be people out there that is willing to finance your existing portfolio. And there will be tools on the platform that help you measure the volatility of the platform, the performance of the shares, and accordingly suggest a particular interest rate for you. And that's how we actually help the lenders to better understand how they go about financing the product. So there's a level of algorithm involved? Definitely, yeah. Well, you've re actually received uh, two uh, award seats, uh, seed awards from Enterprise Singapore and NUS. You want to go through that with us? Yeah, it's uh, some small little seed funding for us to kickstart uh, basic marketing and operational matters. Um, the first time that we went to Spring Singapore, our uh, application was not approved. However, my partner Edmund, um, he is one guy that I really admire him because he, all, he, he don't take no for an answer. So when Spring rejected us, immediately he called Spring, he asked for a meeting, sit down, understand what was the cause of the rejection, went through in detail, immediately within 48 hours he redid the slides, presented in a different manner and covering all the points that was uh, missed out. And then um, another four weeks later, the application was uh, approved. Yeah, so Edmund is one guy that I definitely um, look upon uh, him a lot. Yeah, so that, that taking no for answer is so important for startup. And I think Edmund and I, we share a belief that, you know, in startup, the main job is to keep removing obstacles. So yeah, and then for NUS, um, it's the same as well. Uh, Edmund being a very, is a alumni in NUS, so I think he is very well connected in the NUS enterprise uh, community. So he went through various rounds presenting to the board of the investment committee, the uh, entrepreneurship board as well, and then uh, eventually uh, we are actually their first fintech uh, incubators over there. 
So I think that is um, something, um, a good milestone for us. Yeah. So with this uh, seed funding, I think that will set us in for a good 12 to 18 months in terms of marketing efforts. Yeah. So and then we will still continue to go out there. Once we are able to prove that there is a good traction and validation on this product, market fit and product fit, then we will go on to raise uh, further funds. How long did it take you though, from, from the inception of the concept to actually getting the funding, getting traction on the algorithm and so forth? Yeah, I think easily 12 months. Um, and I, when I speak to a lot of my mentors who are in the startup space, they always mention that usually you should not spend more than four to six months because the thing is that if you spend too much time validating and trying to prove this product it means that you're gonna be burning a lot of marketing costs and expenditure to educate the stuff so if you are really solving a pain in the market then the adoption will be very fast so for 12 months is also because you know we lack of the experience we are very green and you know, there's just a lot of things that we are just going around and um, spending a lot of time. But you know, that's the thing about startup, right? You, you learn from it and um, yeah. What were the mistakes you think that you could share that someone else who's starting out might, could avoid? Yeah, I think the number one mistake is if you have an idea, try to use the most simple way to do like a mock-up of the idea go around on the street, talk to stranger and ask them, hey, will you buy this? Does this solve the pain that you are facing? You don't, you spend very minimal of time trying to come up with a proof of concept, some design, go to the people, let them have a look and ask them immediately for feedback. Don't spend many months trying to do the best user interface, try to do the programming and try to build the stuff from scratch and then then go out there and test it starting from day one test it get feedback yeah so the validation part and getting the feedback should be rolled out as soon as possible i also wanted to ask you in terms of advice that you would have for someone who are who's younger and also someone who is in the corporate world how would you they're very different obviously Mm. and how would you give them specific advice in in ditching something now, right now and then going for something that is not as secure. Okay, let's start with the corporate professional because you know I, I came from that space. I think the first thing is you need to sit down with your partner. Okay, so obviously for me it's my wife. And to really plan aside. So we when we sat down, so just, just exactly what we did with my wife is that we sat down and then I t- tell her that I need two to three years. Okay, I think that's a reasonable time to you know for you to do some startup, and then obviously for that two to three years, you want to make sure that um, you have um, sufficient um, savings. That's one thing. The other thing is that during these three years, how are you able to do some form of freelancing job that is able to generate some small little income to keep like the, the lights on, right? So I think that is one of the plan. And then the second part is that that commitment level from your partner and your family that you're going to spend two to three years on it. So that agreement has to be set in first. So I think that's one thing. And then the second thing is obviously a lot of corporate professional, they worry that after they do a startup for two years, they are out of the market. And the, if they want to get back into the market, 
you know, the market has changed. So I think that's a very natural tendency. However, I think the hiring managers these days have changed. I think so long that they know that you are doing something meaningful and productive during the two years, they are very gladly happy to know that, that you're trying something out of your comfort zone. I think they'll be more keen to take you into the company. So I think that's so, don't, don't have to worry so much. For fresh graduate just out of school, I think you stand a better chance because you don't have so much baggage in terms of commitment. So I think the more you should um, go and do it. Yeah, so same stuff, get something very basic out, push out to the market and test it. And don't worry so much about joining the banking industry, the glamorous industry because uh, things are changing, right? A lot of people are focusing on like entrepreneurship now, not just because of you know you can get 10 or 20 times of your investment, but the qualities of the skill sets that brings those kind of people up. Yeah. So the landscape is changing definitely. Yeah, I think people has really appreciate that you know you try something out of your comfort zone and you fail a couple of times. And the experience that you gain from there are just very, very valuable. Compare that you go into a corporate world, a big company where it has a lot of resources for you to immediately leverage on, where startup where you have to build from scratch. So that building from scratch stuff is something that not many people in the corporate world has that access to. You have to be so resourceful as well. Very, yeah. yeah. As I say, right, is startup is about removing obstacles. Yeah. yeah. What did you have to give up? doing all of this because you've got you've got not just one though you've got mm. two you've got a lot of things going on no I, I i don't think i have to give up too much i i guess the the part will be obviously uh from a time perspective but as i get into it over the last 12 months i better manage my time mm-hmm. and you actually able to plan your time so well such that it's more efficient and you have more time with the family because you're so focused in ensuring that every minute of your time is with great productivity. So you actually eventually get more out of it. Compared to if you have just so much time, you will just be very laid back and you you know procrastinate. Yeah. So once, once you have a lot more things on your plate, you actually are able to achieve more and you actually get more productivity out of it. What was the main thing that's really changed in terms of time management? Because obviously this is so important for anyone who's successful. I think it's uh, the most important thing is to get a pen and a notebook. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, Kelly, ever since I started work, I have never really taken down notes. And I realized that that is such an awful thing to do. And over the last uh, two years, when I start to you know begin more interest, and then I start to have uh, my own notebook, and when you jot down every idea and every discussion that you have with people, and then when you look back when you're on the train or it's just sitting down in your living room, and then you look through your notes, right? All these ideas starts forming into shape, and all the links starts appearing. Um, noting down is such a simple thing but I think a lot of people underestimate this this the value of so you definitely do a level of reflecting yeah my notebook is like some of the best reflection sometimes I always wonder why did I even write something like that and then like what was that the thought process so while you look through your notes you start to realize that when you had that discussion with the, the people 
like what really went through your mind what are the questions you should be asking and how you should be planning what are the after actions to be taken on do you yeah. schedule that in or do you often just do it on the flow uh, no so after after having your notebook and reflecting on all these notes you start to do all the scheduling and then you start to plan what is the outcome that you want to have for each meeting and at the end of the day at the end of the week what are the deliverables that you need to have and why do you want to achieve this deliverable so that it ties into your next milestone so you start to form that linkage up that roadmap yeah it's so important and how about your partners are they always in, in tune with your next objective or would you always have um, you know discussions over it or their differences yeah so um, every day we will have a 15 minute call uh, to just clear things up and then that 15 minute is to make sure that we are always aligned with our milestones our KPIs uh, our goals at the end of every week and every month yeah so that 15 minutes is to just make sure that we are consistently on the same page because we, each of us are tasked with so many multiple responsibilities. So that 15 minutes every day is so important to remind us that everything that we do is geared towards the same outcome. Um, otherwise, you know, you'll be wasting a lot of resources. Are they similar to you in terms of personality, in terms of thinking? Or would no, you have people who are very no, different? No, no, yeah. I mean, for myself, I'm very detail-oriented. I think to some extent, a bit too macro. Uh, Edmund is very high level, um, so I think when he looks at things, he has a very great amount of like visionary kind of style. So I think Edmund and I in this space uh, complement each other. So in which is why you know part of my role in Jaga, I'm Andy. And my another title for myself beside the co-founder is partnership and execution. So which is on the operational side of the stuff. Well, you know he is on the product side, so he crafts product that he thinks that the market will require, so he's more on the visionary side. For Danny, he's um, extremely, I think he's more of a hybrid because he looks at the big picture of where this product is going and then to see how he can, is able to engineer the entire software to be aligned to the objective. Yeah, so I, I do think that we are definitely very different, uh, but this very wide, vast of skill sets actually complement us uh, quite well. Do you encourage challenges? with each other, you I, challenge your ideas. Yeah, I, I definitely been telling them and they also been telling us that anything that is on our mind, not just in terms of anything related to Jaga, but how we feel, I think that needs to be communicated constantly. And this is so important because a good 50% of the startup is not so much about the business, it's about the synergy you have with the team dynamics. So you want to be super transparent and super communicated with whatever thoughts you have. Right. Thoughts such as how, that, how your partner is doing or executing that particular task. How you think that it can be done better. So things like that need to be trashed out constantly so that we are all on the same page, we have the same goals and there's no like guesswork in terms of uh, what we are doing. So when do you launch? Uh, we're going to launch in August for Jaga. Our first step is actually to touch base with the university student. The university student will, uh, we will help, we will get access to them through a stock market competition where we will have a uh, winning prize for like a top collateral manager, who, some uh, collateral manager who is very good at pricing the different equities. And then another part will be the borrower who are just wanting 
to borrow money to invest in it. So there will be two categories of people and uh, each of these categories of people will actually unleash what these people will be interested to do. Some want to do an investment, some just want to make sure that they are the best you manager so they manage the collateral. Yeah, so we will, that's our first step. And then slowly from there, we hope to be able to spread the word around to more people and the more investment community. So we'll, next, we'll go on to the investment uh, blogs and stuff and outreach uh, the next phase of them. Yeah, but let's start with like the university student. Uh, just get this thing roll out. Yeah. Do you have like a level of goals that you want to achieve? For Jaga, I think we are looking at trying to get about 2,000 participants. Yeah, so we will touch base with uh, all the public university over here and then also the private institution. So total there will be about 13 of them. Uh, so we estimated that the 13 university, the number of investment clubs they have is about 10,000 people. So we are looking at about 20% of these people. Yeah, so I think a 2,000 number is a decent number for us to validate the traction because anything lesser than that, I think it doesn't give us a clear picture whether is this demand, whether is this product well sought after. Because if you take a look at 100, 200, it's a bit tough to gauge. Uh, gauge yeah. So definitely, I think we need uh, in thousands. Okay. Yeah. Well, last question for you. What's your ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to continuously keep learning and keep getting new things done. Uh, I think that is something that what I really want in life is every now and then of different age of my life have something fresh to do because I think that keeps me always learning and then keeps me always um, excited about what's oncoming rather than you know doing something on the same thing. So yeah, waking up every day, looking forward to go work is having something exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's my ultimate goal. Thank you very much, Darren. Thanks, Have Kelly, a... for having me. Well, this is the second time you're doing this, so hopefully I don't mess up. <laughs> thank you, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Yeah.